0: That movie sucked. I kind of liked it.
1: Movie Night Crew Network. Hello and welcome to Content and Capable, a podcast all about following your passions while still feeling like a proper adult. My name's Sam and I'm your host. This week I spoke to Henry Calvert, who recently went viral on TikTok sharing his geeky collections and his love of all
0: things nerdy.
1: Welcome to Content and Capable, Henry. It's lovely to have you on.
0: uh oh, thank you for having me, Sam. It's, it's a taste to be here.
1: Yes, I um I always like to give like a little bit of a prelude of how I ended up finding you. And <laughs> increasingly so, I was just looking at my spreadsheet. Increasingly so, it's just people I found on TikTok or TikTok <laughs> adjacent who have just like popped up and are gone, oh, you're a great person. I'm gonna reach out to you and see, um, see what see what you're uh if you're keen and A lot of people are, it turns out. It's amazing. Um, I'm actually really surprised on, like, you know, you've got your Instagram influencers and they turn around and they're, like, often, like, there's a management, there's a brand management company behind them or something. They're really hard hard to get a hold of. (laughs) It it turns out that people on TikTok, because it's a bit of a new platform, it's not that new, but it's a bit new. People like, are so much easier to get a hold of. I love it.
0: Oh, definitely. Definitely. It seems more um, homely and real, um, whereas Instagram can seem a bit, I don't know, forced and a bit, um, what's the word? Sterile, almost, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I actually, that's exactly it. And I actually really struggle with um, getting around to having people on who, who feel- like genuine who are from Instagram um there's a couple of people I've men- like I've 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 gotten a hold of or a couple of people I have actually interviewed who are like were Instagram based and yeah. I don't know it like it wasn't it wasn't as fulfilling or as fun and that's it's why good, I yeah. love having yeah. conversations um especially with new and emerging creators on TikTok which You've just recently, like, blown up <laughs> a little bit on everyone's feeds.
0: Yeah, it's kind um, of gone wild. Um, This past week's been mental. Well, I posted a video uh, last Sunday, which is now on, like, 4.5 million views. And um, I've gone from, like, 20k followers, and now I'm on, like, 85,000, I think, something like that. Um, It's yeah. wild. This week's been mental.
1: Yeah, and what did, like, do it's really hard to, to to even articulate questions about this. But, like, what? how did you find out that, like, you'd gone viral on the internet?
0: Um, it, it was weird. I posted the video before I went to a gig, um, and I don't have notifications on for TikTok. Um, but then my Instagram was popping off, um, and as soon as I see my Instagram followers going up, I'm like, ah, a video's done well. Um and so I got home um, a few hours later after I posted it, and it was on five hundred thousand. And I was like, "Oh, okay." Went to bed. Mm-hmm. It was on a million, and then I was like, "Okay, so this is this is this is rolling." Um, and yeah, it, it just kind of spiraled from there. It was um, it was intense. It was, it was kind of overwhelming.
1: Yeah, and before that, what kind of content were you making?
0: Um, before then, um, I do, I've done similar videos. I hadn't done a Get Ready With Me video, but I'd done a um, uh, kind of d- almost I'm. Um, this is an outfit that I've got on, I think I look really good in it, and um, I've done a couple of those videos, but most of my content was very um, geeky, um, comic books, Star Wars, Marvel, uh, all that kind of goodness, um, and I, I'm still making that kind of content. Uh, I don't It it, it baffles me that that's the video that went viral. Um, But, yeah, I'm a very geeky uh, TikToker type guy.
1: Yeah. And for someone who may not be familiar with, A, maybe even the word geek, but, like, B, geek culture, what does does that look like from your perspective?
0: Uh, From my perspective, being part of the um, geek community entails kind of liking star wars liking the marvel movies comic books uh dc lord of the rings um being a fan of a fictional property uh and being very passionate about it because i think geeks are very passionate people um and you know we're into all of this um we love all of the these geeky worlds these um and I don't know. I think I think it's just a sign of passion, and it's a very um, it's a very nice thing. I think it, it's a beautiful thing to be.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's so amazing of the cultures that do pop out um, around these um, these these fictional things. And you know, for example, um, listeners will know that um, part of the movie night crew is the restricted section, which is you know an extension of the Harry Potter fandom in a bit more of an inclusive light after um, a couple of things. But it's um, it's just so amazing to see these communities, you know, get together, support each other, and then move on to bigger and better things. It's yeah, fascinating to watch.
0: Definitely. It's it's beautiful thing to watch. It's amazing to, to see people come together from all over the world as well. All different backgrounds mm-hmm. can come together over this love of uh, these fictional worlds and um, – I don't know. It's amazing. The friends that I've made kind of across the globe, and people who I'd have nothing to do with, um, we've managed to come together over this one thing, and um, that's beautiful.
1: Yeah. And how did you get into loving, you know, Marvel and Star Wars and comic books?
0: Yeah, so um, one of my earliest memories was watching uh, Star Wars A New Hope uh, on VHS with my dad. Uh, And I remember sitting in our living room like sat on his lap watching the trench run scene which is at the end of a new hope when luke's going through the death star to try and blow it up and being sat on his lap and like pretending i was in the cockpit of an x-wing like that's one of my earliest memories um and i was i was brought up on these 80s, 80s classics uh, ferris bueller's day off um star wars indiana jones ghostbusters back to the future um, and so it was instilled into me from a young age that these were the best movies. Um, my uncle is a massive comic book fan and I inherited his collection. And then that's what got me into comic books. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a huge part of my life ever since childhood. It was like my my special thing because kids at school, a primary school, weren't really into it. I went to quite a sporty primary school um, and the kids didn't really get it. So I like the fact that there was something that was m- mine as such, and that you know I I, I loved growing up as a kid. It was special to me, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I suppose when you're surrounded by that nostalgia and and especially those early, early like action films, you know, I would off in my head at least Star Wars is where the 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 big action odysseys that we see the proper heroes journey yeah. in 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 uh in film comes through um that kind of is very inspiring especially VHS I love VHS it's Yeah amazing.
0: I I wish I still had my VHS copies of Star Wars like I want to try and get back a hold of them because Yeah you know the unaltered non CGI version because George Lucas has messed around with his the original trilogy now and there's random CGI bits and that just takes me out of it, but I wish we just had the perfect, like little slice of Star Wars still.
1: Oh yeah. And then like the trivia you hear about it as well and like the way that they edited the lightsabers in and things just goes to show the, the attention to detail and the dedication that everyone on that team had. And it, it it really is inspiring, I think for people to, yeah. To see that kind of thing. It's it's amazing. Definitely. um, Yeah. And so when you got involved and obviously you've, you inherited a lot of things from your family, what did that look like as you kind of grew up and r- realised that other people are also into this your age as well?
0: Yeah. Um, Growing up, my main kind of um, passion to do with the geeky community or, or the geekdom, let's call it. Um, was my Lego collection Uh, Lego was something that I fell in love with and I've spent a lot of money on Lego Uh, everyone knows Lego is like the same uh, expense as gold basically it is so expensive Um, but yeah love Lego Um, and then I would say in year 9 so uh, 14 age 14 um yeah. we had a load of people leave school in year eight. Um, who were like the sporty lads. And I think when we reached year nine, year ten, it was when people started maturing, um, mm-hmm. started realizing um it's not all about popularity contest, it's you know, being <laughs> yourself and loving who you are. Um and Marvel was kicking off then. Marvel was, you know, Infinity War was about to come out, um, all yeah. of that kind of thing. Um, and the Marvel films was my way into making these friends from, um, you know, the lads, these people who I wouldn't usually have anything to do with. Um, and it Mm -hmm. was, it was just really, it, it was really great to see these people who I've kind of almost been scared to talk to for most of my childhood want to talk to me because I knew about all the Marvel films. I knew the theories and all of this kind of thing. and. It, for me it made me realize anybody can love marvel anybody can be, be into it and love it as much as i do um and then that opened my eyes to oh my god i can make more friends through this um mm-hmm. and yeah I, I i that was really something that stands out in my mind from growing up is making those making some really good lifelong friends through the marvel mm-hmm. films and gaming as well i think I owe, I owe a lot of my friendships with um some of my closest friends to Fortnite. really i mean Fortnite was so mm-hmm. big we were playing it you know every night for three hours and when you're talking to the same yeah. people every night for three hours you can't help but you know become really good mates
1: oh yeah it's 100 percent, and it's it's very interesting to see that almost like found family that ends up coming out of those communities as well. And you get to the point where you're like, wow, you know, th- these people are so amazing to be with. And I just like, I, I, I feel the same about um, communities that I'm a part of. And in fact, I've now decided to make an effort to go and physically visit them because it they're just so inspiring to me that I actually want to go see them in person and, and make those Physical friendships as well as the online presence. Oh,
0: definitely. And there's, there's something about that in person bond going to com- Comic Con, for example. I met a load of mm-hmm. my TikTok mutuals last year at Comic Con. And that was so awesome because it fills you with, um, it just fills you with more of a passion for the, the geekdom. For, for me personally, meeting like minded people and discussing the latest film or the latest book or just, I don't know, that it, it just instills my faith and passion for the, the geekdom i don't know it's 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 brilliant
1: yeah yeah and it's i don't know like it even extends beyond what we would normally call geeky things like the, the the simple act of as you said before your tiktok mutuals and it's like the simple act of creating content regularly on tiktok or you know hosting a podcast or even things like you know for example i'm a journalist by training um and so I, you know, simple act of being a journalist and working in that field means that I've made these connections that, you know, turn into a really, really great community.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's all human interaction. And we all need human interaction and and, and love. Mm-hmm. And um yeah. it's great that these communities can provide that love for us, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you know, when you when you're going through school, you mentioned at the age of 14, everyone started maturing. And all I can think of was the fact that at the age of fourteen, I actually went on a month long school camp, and everyone in our school did it and was staged as four, four or five groups of us. And it was very interesting to really, really realize because we didn't have many people leave the school, but like realize who who we wanted to be our friends and who we didn't, and kind of that maturity step up, as you said. Yeah. But you know, when you when you were making and realizing these these connections and these these mutual. Likes and interests. What you know? What then prompted you to you know join more closely in the communities as a broader thing than just in your local physical community?
0: Um, I think what prompted me to kind of engage in the community as a whole um, was going to com- conventions. I used to run, uh, well, I used to work uh, with a friend, uh, and we had like a Lego resale business. Uh, and we'd go to conventions um, and have a stall and we'd sell, like, over and all that kind of thing. And that really opened my eyes to the to the wider community that was out there. Because I, I live in rural North Yorkshire, which is, you know, back end mm-hmm. of nowhere in, in England. There's not many things here. Um, but going to, like, Manchester, or all, the, all these big cities, and it just opened my eyes to the fact that there are Hundreds of thousands of people who are into the same thing as me, and it was just, I want to be friends with that guy with the cool Mandalorian suit. You know, um, that yeah, guy's holding yeah. like a really rare, rare comic book. Oh my god, I need to go speak to him. Yeah, um, it just opened my eyes to the fact that these people were out there, uh, and I could be a part of that world. Um, yeah. so that the conventions was really my um chance to talk to these people. Uh, 'Cause I wasn't I didn't have much of an online presence as a kid. I mean, you're a kid, I posted like once a year, <laughs> if that. Yeah, um yeah. and of course TikTok wasn't a thing. Um so it really was conventions and that that was my opportunity to talk to people. And and working on a stall as well. You get to chat to so many people and granted you're trying to sell them a Lego set, but you're also like mm-hmm. you get to learn about where they're from, what they're doing, what what's sets they like you have a discussion about lego um it's amazing the things that people can connect over
1: yeah it it is and it is like quite amazing that you know you get to that point and you you, you're like wow you know like for example you know create you you mentioned posting once a year and all i can think of is my my personal instagram feed which just has a post a year at the moment (laughs) um of me holding like we go through like a learner's permit system, but we get like plates, the L, a red P and a green P. Yeah. And I've just swapped to my opens and it's like, you know, each of them is just a photo on my Instagram page, <laughs> yeah. but like, you know, going to, to create that more content, you know, being inspired and finding that original content, especially after, you know, interacting with so many people is mm. is quite amazing.
0: Yeah. It, it was, uh, I, I started creating content, I guess, Th- Well, it was kind of just a laugh at first. I think Mm -hmm. a few years ago or a year ago, people were downloading TikTok for the the lols, like for for a joke or whatever. Um, I posted a video uh, two years ago. Um, You know, it was a bit of a joke. It was a bit of a, oh, my friends Mm -hmm. follow me. Uh, Let's show off some of the geeky stuff that I've got in my room. So I did a video you know, showing off some of my lightsabers and it was just, it, it was a bit of a mic take. Um, and then a year later, so last year I posted a part two yeah. and that got 10 K. So I was like, Oh my God, there's a community out there who've liked my stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep doing this because it's fun. Yeah. Um, it's fun. So yeah, it just, I just started posting and here we are, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you ever had trouble of like coming up with ideas for new videos or like new concepts?
0: I think sometimes. But the thing is with me is that I f- feel like I only post when I'm feel like I have a great idea. I want to make this video. Um, I want to make this video. This could be fun. I, I'm I'm not one to post for the sake of I need to post three times a day to play the algorithm or whatever. I need yeah. to hashtag this, hashtag that, because I feel like as soon as I take content creation to a point where I'm taking it too seriously, it's affecting my, me mentally, it's not doing me any favours, I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. Um,
1: it becomes a job, kind of.
0: Exactly. It becomes a job, and at the minute I'm very happy with this being just a really good bit of fun um Mm -hmm. and as soon as it becomes anything but that it's when i need to take a step back for for example when one of my videos i remember a couple of months ago one of my videos did really well and i Mm -hmm. became consumed by looking at the content uh, looking at the comments um checking it all the time to see if it had gone up and then that evening I, I was like, what am I doing? Like this, mm-hmm. this is not beneficial to me at all. So I put my phone yeah. down and I didn't upload for a week for a week. Um, yeah. And there's no harm in that. I don't think There there's no harm in that. I, people who create content shouldn't feel forced to, if they need a mental break or if, if they're just busy, um, they should yeah. be. Yeah. I feel like if my content comes from a place of passion and enjoyment that comes through in the content, and also I just mm-hmm. feel a lot better about me, and it, it makes yeah. me happy.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Like you know, I create this podcast. I have been for the last year now, and there was a, there was there's actually been two points now recently where I've gone, I've got to re really, like evaluate where I'm coming from, and it was one was about three months into creating the podcast. Um, I had to sit down and have a really really hard conversation about I. Uh, consistency and um, kind of not upping my standards, but like finding a way to get into a good rhythm and fitting it within my lifestyle because it became a part of who I was. My brother was saying, you know, oh, you've got a life, right? And and then you do podcasts on top of that. And I I had to remind him, and it was actually this afternoon, I said- this is my life, you know, this is part of my life, this is part of who I am. And, yes, I might not make money from it, it might not, you know, it might take a bit of a toll on me, but that's why I love it because it does, like, you know, have this satisfaction. And the other time was actually just a week ago, and I'm really lucky I do these things a little bit in advance. Uh, And so I had a bit of time to focus on the other things that were happening in my life. So when I came back and I, you know, message to people at nine o'clock at night on a thursday night freaking out thinking i was going to run out of episodes <laughs> um you know it, it kind of it um it you know re-energized me and i got back to it and i'm now able to have these conversations and make them higher quality and make them more engaging because i had i had to take a step back and focus on some other things
0: yeah definitely definitely uh, you need that time to reevaluate and and like you say, take a step back and just look at what you're doing. And it's important to take that time. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's fascinating to watch people not take that time and see what happens there. Because I, I I would hate to be the kind of person who I, I'm a bit nonstop, but I'm always changing what I'm doing. So, you know, it doesn't feel nonstop to me. I, you know, this morning I was driving, uh, driving around, um, you know, doing a favor for my parents this afternoon I ended up at a town hall, a very politics heavy town hall. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, tonight I'm sitting down recording a podcast um, while my siblings make mac and cheese and we'll probably watch a movie tonight. You know, those kinds of things I think really make your life interesting. And of all things on top of like all the, you know, the, the amazing communities that you're a part of, you're also a huge musical theater person. I was like, so fascinated
0: by this. <laughs> um, yes, musical theatre and performing arts is my love. Musical theatre and performing arts is really at the, the core of me. Um, as well as all this geeky stuff, growing up I was the, the musical theatre guy at my school. Mm-hmm. And again, rural North Yorkshire, very sporty school. <laughs> I was like the only guy in the school who sung. That was me, that was it. Um yeah.
1: It's not that much different here in Australia. I, <laughs> of all things, my siblings um, are doing their school musical right now. and We're going to go and watch. But they always struggle for guys. Um, and it's, it's a really weird thing. Um, every time you say Yorkshire, by the way, and I have to bring this up because it's not been bugging me. It's just hilarious. I think of, I don't know whether you've heard of Tom Scott um, and um, the amazing. You haven't heard of Tom Scott? I haven't oh, heard oh, of Tom out, Scott.
0: Who's Tom Scott?
1: Tom Scott is this most amazing British YouTuber who studied in York for like a couple of years and he and his mates host a game show called The Technical Difficulties and it is the most funny game show ever. And they talk about the stupid stuff that they did while at uni in York. Um, Oh, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, I'm I'm from York, so like I should probably check that out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but yeah, yeah, and where did that like dragging it back to the from the tangent um, that was bugging <laughs> yeah. my brain? Um, where where did um, your love of musical theatre come from? Was it the same kind of area um, that geek, the geek love came from?
0: Uh, I, I yeah, same kind of thing. Um, I remember going to my mum's, uh, like my grandma on my mum's side. I remember going to see her, and as a kid, all that she would watch would be Showboat, Oklahoma, Seven Brides, Seven Brothers, Annie, all of these classic old-school musicals, Singing in the Rain. I watched Singing in the Rain to death as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And seeing him just sing and dance and look so suave and awesome doing it in, in Singing in the Rain, the Singing in the Rain song just blew me away. And I think yeah. that remained with me until I watched La La Land. And then I watched La La Land and I was like, okay, I'm done with Gene Kelly. I want to be Ryan Gosling. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the old school musicals really instilled the, the musical theatre bug in me. Um, and then I did um, all the school shows growing up, um, Winning the Willows, mm-hmm. Sound of Music um and then i i kind of fell out of love with performing for a while um i got mm-hmm. into a um i got into a relationship um which kind of all consumed me um
1: yeah
0: yeah i th- i think growing up not really having um much female attention let's say um, I was never really much of a ladies' man. Um, And then yeah. I got into this relationship, and it was, oh my God, this is great, this is all I need. Which was yeah. wrong. <laughs> Which was wrong. <laughs> um, But then, so I lost my passion for a while, but then in upper sixth, so 18, at age 18, my school, my sixth mm-hmm. form, put on Hairspray. And Hairspray is in my top five musicals and has been for whatever. Uh, yeah. hairspray is what gave me my passion for modern day musicals. That was the first modern day musical yeah. that I was just, Oh my God, this is awesome. Um, yeah. so I did hairspray. I was corny and hairspray. And from then on in, I was like, you know what? This is what brings me joy. This mm-hmm. is me.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then from that, I've taken two years out, um, gain well, I took last year out to gain experience in the industry and travel. Yeah. But last year there wasn't a theatre industry and you could not travel. So <laughs> um yeah. I went back to school and as a drama assistant yeah. and um I directed Aladdin uh at school. And that's really what opened my eyes to the power of facilitation and working with young people. Um so oh directed, yeah!
1: It's amazing. It's
0: incredible directing Aladdin with uh, James and Ralph, my lads, was absolutely uh, it. I it, it changed my life really, uh, mm-hmm. and that was when I was going through this really rough breakup with this person, and yeah, it was something when I was so low, I felt like I was still putting something good into the world, and that really got me. That got me through that time, like and. I owe a lot to those guys. Like I owe a lot to them. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway. Um. Yeah. And then yeah. So I did that last year, and then this year, with the theatre industry opening up, back up again, uh, I did Joseph. So I performed in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which was
1: incredible. I,
0: I yeah. love that show. Um. So I did Joseph. Um. I then d- directed Beauty and the as co-directed, uh, choreographed Beauty and the Beast at school again. Uh, and that yeah. closed last week. Uh, I'm doing We Will Rock You, directing, choreographing. Uh, and then I also performed in Evita, uh at York yeah. Theatre Royal, which was awesome. Um, and through, I've, I, if I'm honest, I feel like I've worked my arse off um, this year mm-hmm. with the performing arts and stuff. And um, it's, it's paid off. Uh, and I got into the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama Um,
1: that's amazing wow congratulations thank
0: you thank you so i'm going in september to drama school i'm going to drama school it's like yeah oh my, it it's it's just really cool you know i it's just get in mate you've done it you've done it lad um yeah. yeah
1: it's it's amazing um i play trombone myself so um i've been performing for a very long time um, and I don't know it has it comes in swings and swings roundabouts for me I'm a community performer first I don't plan on studying music or um, performing professionally at least at this stage
0: yeah. um,
1: in in my life um, but it's so fascinating just like the joy that people get out of rehearsing something and pr- bringing something together we've got a concert next week and um, that we're preparing for. We've had four rehearsals so far and we've got our fifth and sixth before the performance. It's a really tight turnaround. And just yeah. watching everyone, like, the the joy that is behind getting back to playing, especially seeing the performing arts industry has suffered so much through COVID uh, and getting back to a regular concert schedule, a regular, yeah. um, you know, regular events, uh, interests and more people coming along and you know watching stuff live it's just been so amazing and mm. it gives it gives me so much more energy to go and, and do that
0: oh definitely and it's it's amazing because you can feel this almost anticipation not just in the company but in the audience it's like this this feeling mm. of um excitement to be back um, and this anticipation yeah. of oh my god, we're gonna do it again With this is happening after all this time. Um, and yeah. it 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 was it's awesome. It's so lovely to see that excitement bubble away for months. Uh, I was doing Evita rehearsals for months. Um, yeah, and then to get on stage was just ah oh, it oh, incredible. Yeah. It's
1: glorious. Yeah, um, I had the amazing opportunity to play. So. Um, my school's a little- the school that I went to was a little bit weird. We like to pick, like, musicals that are a little bit out of the blue. So, the first musical I ever played in was um, My Fair Lady. Right. It was really, really a great introduction into musicals. Fucking yeah. yeah. It's hilarious. Like, it's one yeah. of my, it's, it's it's funny. Um, the second one we did was Crazy for You, and I was in my final year of high school, and mm. it was- it was a struggle. Um, yeah leading up to it because there was a lot going on. I'd somehow gotten roped into the national band championships right. which were Judah to, to happened a month and a bit before the um the musical performance. So I had these two big sets of performances yeah. one after the other. Um and so I'd never been playing so much in my life uh up until that point. Um and then you know drama drama hits the fan the week before tech week. Um, at the school, yeah. and we, go oh, yeah. a yeah. um, we go to a community theatre. Yeah, we go to a community theatre to go do our performance. Um, and we like just arriving at the theatre and the seats and just sitting down and everyone's sitting there talking and excited. And the actors have their suitcases full of makeup and costumes. Yeah. And um, we've got like seven thousand little bits and pieces that and. It was really interesting. A director decided to put the to build the stage around the orchestra because there was no orchestra pit in this oh, cool. uh, community theatre. They'd filled it in like years ago and we were very upset because we we're probably one of the only performances that actually used the, the, the pit. But, yeah. so they built the stage around the orchestra and apparently they're doing it again. They're doing Annie this time. But um they were it was so amazing to sit um in the stage and and be kicked in the back of the head by, (laughs) you know, a can-can dancer, um, be a part of the jokes. Yeah. Uh, They did an open curtain start, so we would all come in on the stage in our own time um, before the show uh, and kind of sit down and get ourselves ready and get ourselves hyped for it. And then, like, we would- Literally, the conductor would walk on and we would start, and it was just electric because you would see the crowd and- you're like, wow, it's, I I, I can't stop ranting and raving about it because it was just, and, you know, after all the stress that happened, everything just melted away and yeah. you were just there to perform and you're having a good time. And I'm a brass player, so I have a bit of an attitude when it comes to performing, but, like, we took a <laughs> lot of liberties and we just enjoyed ourselves. It was, it was a lot yeah. of fun.
0: that's the main thing. Having fun with it. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: It's one of those things that I don't think people outside of performing arts know very much of, like, having fun with the performance that you've got in front of you and getting to the point where you can just, you know, wiggle a little bit. We had this one joke, you know, we had this one joke uh, at the very start of the musical that um, was ad-libbed, so the the actor who did it would did it differently every time. Um, and one of them was an in-joke and one of them ended up being an in-joke. So the whole orchestra starts like cracking up (laughs) and then the conductor turns around and goes, we've got to be like, we've got to be ready to perform right now. Like you better get (laughs) yourself together to, to be able to actually play right now. It was just, yeah, it's, it's, some of those experiences are just amazing.
0: Definitely. Definitely.
1: Um, so you've obviously gotten into the Royal College of Speech and Drama, right? Yes. History. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what do you hope to do with that and in the coming years with with that experience?
0: So coming out of drama school now, and I, I, I think I'd be naive to think that my passions will be the same coming out at the end mm-hmm. of it and my dream will be the same coming out of it. Um, but right now, I think I have my heart set on running youth theatre programs. Um, wow. I, I I love performing, I I really do, and I will keep on performing in whatever way I can. But I really want to give something tangible and and like positive to the world and young yeah. people. Like working in schools the past couple of years, like I say, re- really has changed my life. Um, it's opened my eyes to the power of the performing arts um, mm. and what young people can really get out of it. I mean, I know what I got out of it, but looking at you know one of, one of my kids who's such a sporty guy, such a lads lad, but yet yeah. he comes and he can he can be Gaston. Like Gaston's a perfect yeah, role for but... him, and he can have this bravado and this this way to express passion Mm -hmm. which he's got obviously got um he might not be able to express that with his friends or in his friend group but you put him on stage and he's the crowd favorite and i don't know kids who who might feel like they don't have a place to belong can find a place in theater um it's like they they can find a place in sport or or i don't know wherever but yeah um for me it's it's theater and I, i want kids to be able to Find that passion and nurture that passion and grow not only their skills as performers but as people because performing arts and stories can teach us so much about ourselves and society and community um and i want to be a part in i want to be i want to play a part in in that
1: it is amazing what theater does to someone who like you know, you would see them every day, and you think of them one way, and then they turn up in a theatre, and they're completely different. It's it's quite fascinating.
0: It, it it's it's awesome to see. It's so awesome to see, and, and the confidence that these kids get as well. You just it, it's it's incredible. It it really is incredible, mm-hmm. and um, it's something I hold very dear to my heart. Like I, I'll never yeah. forget Beauty and the Beast last week. Friday night, closing night, final curtain call, streams of tears. Just you yeah, know that yeah. you know I could see them all through eyes filled with tears, and um, I'll never forget that feeling, that sense. Of, I've never felt pride like it. Um, it was just mm. never felt so proud. And yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, it's 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 fascinating. I I don't like it. I don't. I, it's very hard to describe as well because it's. The kind of feeling you only really get out of the performing arts, where you know there is so much pride, but then also like a sadness because you know that you know things must you know move on and and change.
0: Yeah, yeah, th- that it's- sense of moving on, moving forward. It's 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 a great thing because you know that they're going on to do another great show next year. But yeah, I. I I guess it's stung a lot with Beauty and the Beast because I know I won't be there next year. (laughs) Um, Yeah. um, But, yeah, it's just a really fulfilling thing to know that you've you've put together this show, you've had that impact, and now hopefully they can take something away with it and take something away into their real-world lives. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, it's amazing. And I think it's one of one of the one of those things that are quite transformative you don't get to do a musical very often and like we see this in the west end and in broadway all the time where you know actors have moved around some of them you know some of them go and get other big careers elsewhere and then you know you've got to you've got to move on and and keep obviously might be emotionally attached but then learn to detach and keep going
0: yeah definitely it's it's a hard thing but it's Mm -hmm it's still a beautiful thing because you have your beauty and the beast family. You can have your Evita yeah. family and, and it's, it's all meeting people and it's each experience is different, but each equally mm-hmm. as beautiful.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, so getting back to the geek stuff, I, we went on this uh, amazing journey <laughs> with the, all the, all the musical theater um, things, but, um, how has, you know, your initial fandom, as you said, you know, you're t- talking about old movies and original Star Wars and things like that, how has that changed over the years?
0: Um, my passion for, for old movies and stuff, like, has how's that changed?
1: Well, has it changed? Or And obviously, you know, you've got a great love of, you know, comic books and Marvel and Star Wars and things like that. And has those changed as well?
0: Um yeah, I th- it's definitely developed. Um, so, I mean, comic books is a relatively new thing in the grand scheme of things. Um, I I got into comic books when I went to sixth form um, because yeah. I was in York. There was a comic book shop five minutes away, um, and now you know there's comic books everywhere. That I, <laughs> uh, and as a kid, you know, reading you know, who wants to read? Um, so. Yeah. The comic books are definitely a new thing, and I mean, again, I say new, you know, I've been into comics for about five years now, Um, but my love for Star Wars and these old classic films I don't think will ever change, um, because I, I am a bit of a cinephile as well, and they just are. Very good films, um, and they still make me feel the same way that I felt as a kid. That exhilaration of, um, oh my god, it's Luke Skywalker! Is he going to blow up the Death Star? Or the, yeah, um, or I like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I still relate to Cameron in so many ways. And
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, you you watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and no one relates to Ferris. Everybody wants to be Ferris. But um for me growing up it was oh my god, I'm Cameron. And there's still that in me now. Um I, I, it, it's it's strange. My my passions have developed. I don't think they've changed. Um I don't do as much mm-hmm. Lego, but I um you know, I don't buy as much Lego Star Wars, but I read a lot of Star Wars books. Um Yeah. And listen to a lot of the music and I think the thing is growing up and um work and not as much time. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't I you go to work at um half seven and when yeah. I was directing Beauty and the Beast I'd get in at like ten at night. So these are like long days and it's it's ways mm-hmm. to find um find time to explore your passions during the day, I guess. So for me it was yeah. listening to podcasts. Um I'm I really like Warhammer 40K. So I found yeah. I, I'd listen to law podcasts. Um, I'd listen to the soundtracks of these films, um, and yeah, it, it, it's definitely developed. But my core of Star Wars and Marvel, it, and mm-hmm. and again, musical theatre as well, is is still yeah. in me. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, in regards to the whole, you know, your love of Marvel. Obviously, Marvel has changed a lot since it first, mm. especially since the movies started coming out there's been a lot of development, and obviously the comic books are a whole separate uh, entity yeah. in and of themselves. Um, how do you find keeping up with, you know, a, such rapidly evolving fandom like Marvel?
0: Well, I fell out with Marvel. I I I didn't fall <laughs> out of, with Marvel. Um, Endgame, I would have been quite happy if Marvel stopped at at Endgame. Yeah. yeah. Um, Endgame had such a sense of finality, and since Endgame, I can only really say that Spider-Man No Way Home has been a project that's been worth it. Everything else, I don't think, really needed to exist. Um, Yeah. um, Endgame, them coming through the portals... I, I saw Endgame five times in theaters, and I cried. Yeah. I cried four times every time that I saw it. Um, mm-hmm. When they come out of the portals and Cap says, "Adventures assemble," that was like my child. That is like my childhood come come together in one place. At, at, you know, mm-hmm. edge of my seat, like screaming, "God, my God, yeah, oh my God, yeah!" That is like all of these friendships that I've made through Marvel all the good times that I've had through Marvel, everything from my childhood came down to that mm-hmm. moment. And then that fight, I, I thought that was it, really. I thought that this is this is never going to get better. And it hasn't yeah. yet. It hasn't got better than that. And um, I don't know. I find it difficult to keep up with Marvel. Um, I haven't enjoyed most of the TV shows. I'm hoping, praying that Moon Knight will change that. Um mm-hmm. It's a tough one with Marvel because it is so big and it's so hard to get people into it now. Like when I'm meeting new friends and they haven't seen Marvel, they're like, oh, where should I start? I'm like, just start at the beginning. It'll take you like a month or two months to get through it all. Yeah. But I don't know. I I fall in and out of love with all of my passions and it's because I love them so much. Um, yeah. you, uh, Star Wars fans are the worst Because they love <laughs> Star Wars so much That whenever Star Wars yeah. makes any Does anything wrong We immediately just have a massive go at it um, Yeah, Marvel's a toughie Marvel yeah. is a toughie
1: Yeah, it, it's interesting As someone who Went and watched Marvel very late like To the point where Infinity War was not in cinemas when I was getting through you know there was some of the middle sections of phase two and three that i was you know still still missing and um but like i it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting phenomenon where as you said we could have finished that you know at, at end game and have it all done you know all all finished up and um it was and then but then we have more and we have more content and i think that on one hand, it's a good thing. I like seeing the, the varied representations of different people. I think Eternals, while it was really hard to follow, um, did a really, really great job in showing different cultures and different ethnicities and different backgrounds really, really well and explaining how they interact with one another. Um, but, you know, it didn't do anything on a larger scale. And I always wonder. And it's one of those things, and I think that Marvel did a really good job, especially very early on. You know, we had the Iron Man and, and you know, other other films, and we're like, mm. well, what's going on here? We didn't realise it was building to something bigger. And it's like, who knows what's happening? But maybe this is building to something bigger that we just aren't aware of.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, when what, what's going to beat Thanos? I think they've got to, done a good job on on raising the threats, raising the stakes. Like Kang yeah. is now a thing, um, multiverse stuff. But then again, I'm like the multi you can't go any further than the multiverse, surely to God. I, I do not know where they can go yeah. from multiverse of madness. Yeah. Um I mean, I, I like the more um I, I I believe they should have saved Civil War. They should have saved Civil War until a later stage. Because Civil War consists of eight people fighting in an airport, whereas in the comic books, every Marvel character ever is basically on either Cap or Iron Man's side. And I feel like Mm -hmm. they did Civil War way too early, and I think it would have been a great place to go after Endgame, or or, or after all this multiverse stuff. It's like raise, raise, raise the stakes and then do a more grounded, character-centric story. And that's kind of what I want to see. I want to see more character-centric analysis. Analysis? I don't know. Like the Kenobi show. Um, I I like the fact, or I hope the Kenobi show is going to be a more grounded character analysis of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. I
1: I think that's where I think... Why, like, say WandaVision and Loki, I think have a lot more pull. They might not be as excellent as executing it, but I think that they are a little bit more grounded in that. Mm. And I think that's why they attracted so many people back after feeling a little lost after, you know, Infinity War and Endgame. And like, well, where do we go from here? I'm even to an extent, like, I haven't watched all of it, but Hawkeye as well, like, I find that really fascinating. It was an underutilized character in, you know, through the through you know the rest of the series mm. but now we're getting to see more black widow i think i enjoyed a lot it gave a lot of backstory it was a lot of fun um not sure where it fits and not sure <laughs> you know how good it is in the the, the larger scheme of things but uh, and i i don't know i have this argument with my siblings all the time and i go <laughs> you know let can we just appreciate it for what it is and not what it is in the broader context of things and like I think for, it often, you know, for people who are fans of like all of all of the properties, it yeah. makes it really hard to separate the individual from the group.
0: Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. the thing the thing is with the with um, I liked Wonder Vision, I liked Wonder mm. until it until the Agatha Harkness thing. Like, I really yeah. like I like the fact that it was Wonder and Vision, and Wonder is kind of the antagonist, and it's all a bit ambiguous, and it's kind of weird. I like when Marvel goes weird and tries something yeah. new and, and kooky, and WandaVision was that, and then we got a CGI boss battle at the end, and I was like, oh God's sake, like, come on, man. Yeah. Um, uh, Hawkeye... I haven't finished Hawkeye. I, I I just haven't. But I like the fact that it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like, it knows it's a bit of yeah. a, it, it's a... It's a fun buddy cop thing. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And... That's fine. I I think Marvel fans get sucked into everything needing to be end of the world level threats, and yeah. I, li- I I like the fact that Hawkeye is a bit of fun. Whereas unlike Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Falcon and the Winter Soldier takes itself so seriously. I think. Yeah. And I I I didn't enjoy that show. Um, yeah. But Hawkeye was fun, and I, I like fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and it's one of those things like. You know, I'm a fan of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Bob's Burgers and Parks and Rec and that, those kind of, you know, comedies that don't take themselves way too seriously. But, you know, obviously we've seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine in the last two seasons of its run, you know, take on some real serious and heartwarming issues. And, you know, we, it's really interesting and I really appreciated that. But it put it in a light that was, you know, really palatable and really fun to listen and watch.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, l- look at The Office. The Office is like one of the best kind of viewed, I don't know, highest viewed comedies yeah. ever. And yeah. it's hilarious, but it, it makes me cry. Every time I do a I watch through, I push it through like seven times. But when Jim yeah. gives Pam that teapot and reads a note, I, I'm blowing like a baby. Or when Michael leaves, like yeah. it, things can have fun w- while still having heartfelt, serious moments.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's what sometimes we forget about, especially in this whole Oscars centric viewpoint that a lot of Hollywood has at this point. You know, it it always ends up feeling like it's going to aim towards an award season and tick boxes. And it therefore doesn't feel like it's adding or growing.
0: Very true. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's it's fascinating. And I, I think it's one of those things about being a part of such a huge fandom with so many properties that makes it so fun to talk to other people because they've got so many different perspectives
0: oh definitely definitely it's it's it, it's hard being on tiktok and talking about your opinions i I, yeah. I don't i don't know people who have watched my content i don't give my opinion often because yeah. um uh, I'm, i i just want to avoid that because yeah. people can get very toxic very quickly um and i I th- that just does my head in because people yeah. are allowed to have their own opinions and their own viewpoints. And it's like spice, you know, it would, yeah. life would be so bland if no one kind of, um, if no one had an opinion, well, it would just be futile. Yeah. What's the point? Every, there's 20, however many movies in the MCU, if everyone yeah. had the same ranking, it would be insane. Um, Everyone from different communities, from different backgrounds, different ethnicities is going to draw something different out of every single film. Um, mm, yeah. And we should be able to appreciate that. And, I, and people don't yeah. for some reason.
1: And I think it's very fascinating because we have some really entrenched fandoms now. You think of Harry Potter, Star Wars, to an extent Marvel, I think that um, they get to like proper set it down. And things like Lord of the Rings. So friend of the podcast, Mary Clay, um, was reading, you know, Lord of the Rings for the very first time. She um, has really just finished The Hobbit and moved on to The Silmarillion quite recently. Um, mm. And she copped a lot of hate for, you know, really enjoying the books and really having fun with them, but at the same time critiquing them and going, this is not right and this is, you know, this is weird and I don't understand this and, you know, I don't agree with the way that this is written. And people got angry, very, very angry, very Right. Quickly. And it was, it was this weird conversation that not only her, but like her friends and then the people around it. So, you know, I had this very interesting conversation with, with her as well, actually on the podcast. So, you know, make sure you go back and check it yeah. on the first episodes. Um, and we talked about the fact that dealing with hate like this is very, very hard to, to kind of, you know, deal with because you've got to understand that they've got a different viewpoint. But also they're at the point where they're like they're not listening to the fact that you also have a different viewpoint and we've got to respect that both of both of those are valid.
0: Yeah, definitely. And if if, if someone doesn't understand a, a section in the book and you you feel quite passionately about it, you don't need to be mean or toxic. You can just express yeah. what you think about it and and then take on board what she says and, and it's it's called a discussion. And people, the art of conversation is lost on toxic fandoms. I do believe. Um,
1: yeah.
0: That we just need to all chill out and just realise that uh, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, and we should embrace it. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Definitely. 100%. I I, I struggle to read the Silmarillion. I love Lord yeah. of the Rings. I I'm one of the biggest Lord of the Rings advocates going. I I struggle to read the Silmarillion. It's it's like a yeah. law book. It's. Uh, I just, I just, it's it's tough. Like, it is a tough get through.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. I, 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 I don't know. I even struggled to get through the Lord of the Rings itself. I'm the kind of person who defaults back to, say, Percy Jackson or something. Where yeah. It's back, back to, back to a mid, more of a middle grade kind of level. But I find I have a lot more fun with them than, you know, say Lord of the Rings. Whereas, you know, my brothers who... A very very smart people have way more fun reading, you know, the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings than they do um, reading Percy Jackson. It's it's fascinating and yeah. understanding that and then just appreciating that I think is is so much more fun and makes makes experiencing those fandoms so much more valuable.
0: Definitely, definitely, it's getting different viewpoints on it and um, mm-hmm. I, I, it's like exploring different theories. Everyone have their theory yeah. on. Um, look at the Ray Sky Skywalker thing. The who's Ray's yeah. parents? Everyone had their own theory about who the hell Ray's parents were, and that was fun. That's that's probably one of the yeah. only things that I found fun about Rise of Skywalker. I did not enjoy Rise of Skywalker, um, but it, it it was fun, and everyone had their own different flavor and opinion. Yeah, and it was fun exploring them because if everyone had the same opinion and and everyone would be let down by the reveal if it wasn't that. It's just having fun with it and having a discussion. And that's, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, I think that that, um, you know, inherently adds value to it. Like big companies like Disney can't rely, you know, can't just rely on the movies that they create to create value, like intrinsic value in something. And I think that, you know, when you have, I did a unit um in high school uh, in my film and television about augmented reality marketing um around um actually it was about the the Netflix TV series House of Cards and the fact that they tied into the twenty sixteen election um well while, while they were launching one of their newer seasons and right and you know Disney Disney and you know Netflix and every other big company has to rely on other people helping to create content and value out of what that the ideas that they have because you know the fully polished finished films that come out of Disney are not frequent enough to to be of significant value.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I completely agree with you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it's fascinating and I love having conversations with people with different viewpoints because it really it really opens my eyes to something new. And I really love that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could gain something completely different out of it. Like a film, like the breakfast club, I get so much out Mm -hmm. of the breakfast club, but someone might mention a line out of it, which I hadn't thought about that way. And it'll add so much more to the character and it it just adds value to your experience as well. Even if you disagree, it's, 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 it's a character. Um, it's a comment on the character Mm -hmm. And that's something that you can explore and hence gain more out of the film or the book or the, the video game or whatever. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, And it's uh, it's one of the most rewarding things, I think, of being a part of a community is that you, you get to experience all of that. And, you know, you're not alone either. You're not sitting there in your bedroom, you know, experiencing amazing things like The Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller's Day Off or Lord of the Rings. Or Star Wars, or Marvel, or you know whatever, whatever brings you joy. You're not experiencing it alone. There are other people out there who, are, who are experiencing it with you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, awesome. Um, oh, just switching topics again a little bit more. Um, hey, you're going down to the Royal College. That's a bit of a. You're going down to London, right? For that, you're moving. Yes. All the way yeah, down the London. Country.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: It's a, a big. Yeah, it is a big move. Um. <laughs> Are you planning on taking? Obviously, you show off your collection on TikTok a, a little bit. Are you planning on taking your collection or part? <laughs>
0: yeah. You know? Um, I have had a lot of thoughts about this. I am <laughs> very concerned about the moment um where I need to decide what to take because I have yep. no idea what I'm going to do. Firstly, I need to find somewhere to live. Um, yep. I need to find That's somewhere hard. to live. Yeah, find find a flat. See how much room there is. See what if I could fit my cabinets in there, and then I'm like, oh, I, I need to find what storage items I can use. So then if I know what storage I can use, I can figure out what I can take. It's it's really tricky. Um and I think I'm gonna need to narrow my collection down to A, what am I gonna read? Like, yeah. Cause I'll wanna read something when I'm down there.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: What am I gonna read? What means the most to me? Um And also probably what looks really cool, like what will spice my room up a bit. Um, Because there's no point taking, you know, a hundred copies of Batman when every cover looks the same shade of black and dark grey. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I want something that adds a bit of flavour to the room. And also what best represents me, because I want... um, I don't know, I've been in this room for forever mm-hmm. really i I live yeah. with my parents um yeah i've been, I've been here for forever um and I want to take me like what best yeah. represents me down to London because london i I think you could quite easily lose yourself in London or mm-hmm. um when you or if you move to like I don't know Sydney or um yeah. New York you can get consumed by the city but I yeah. want a piece of my North Yorkshire life there so i Hey, I mean, I never want to forget where I'm from and who I am and all yeah. that kind of thing, but I want part of that with me.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's one of those things where, you know, I, I'm i really lucky. My parents only live an hour away from where where um, I live. And when I moved into the centre of the city, because I went to uni there, mm. um, and I'm, I'm still going there, I've, I've just moved a little bit further out at the moment. But um, it was... Like what do I want to take and what is what is going to be me and the other thing was what was going to fit in the car um, <laughs> when I moved moved all my stuff down. I didn't have um, I was actually living in my grandparents' place before I moved into the city. Um, so I had this really great transition period of going back to my parents' place and realizing oh you know there's a bo- uh, there's a box of like old things I had as a kid that you know mum had put somewhere safe and oh, I'll take that home with me or. You know, I I look through. We have a, this massive bookshelf because my family is all big readers. Yeah, and it, the bookshelf is probably oh, I want to say six or seven meters long. And it goes to the roof. Yeah. Um, and so that like, I'll be looking through the bookcase. And I'm like, oh, that's my book, and I grab it out and yeah. I take it home with me. Um, and you know, just slowly adding things and I'm, like reminding myself of stuff from home as well. I've got some things of mine that are you know from my childhood bedroom and. You know other bits and pieces that have come along with me. You know, and I've accumulated as I've moved around. I've moved a couple of times in the past few years, um, and you know, so there's memories from like each space I've I've lived in, which is amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah I bet. I, um, I, I can Yeah, I can't wait to 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 go through that process. I I think that's going to be a really nice process to go to. Also, really daunting. Also, yeah. kind of scary. Do you have but very uh, nice?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say you know your parents might be keen for you to to get out of there and um and they might get the extra room back
0: <laughs> oh oh yeah yeah well my um yeah definitely my parents are ready for yeah. me my brother's at boarding school um so he's already gone um so I, th- I think they're wanting rid uh so they can have the house back to themselves <laughs> yeah
1: yeah uh I, I definitely see that I'm the eldest of Ten children, so um, there ten. are uh, a lot of uh, uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of us, um, and I live with two of my siblings um, here at the moment. But like, I think that you know, it's a bit of a sigh of relief when we moved out because it was like, nah, you know, I don't need to deal with them anymore. There's no more, <laughs> yeah. no more shenanigans to deal with.
0: I because you
1: know we regularly fight with our siblings. Like that's the kind of kind that, of that's thing that's natural. That happens. Yeah. Yeah. It is. But then, like, having that and then having, like, adults fighting with children. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, this is this is a lot of noise right now. Um, yeah. uh, and I think my parents are always secretly very happy when, like, two or three of the children go off on school camps or something or away and they've got, like, you know, four or five children left in the house. Yeah. And they're like, what do we do with ourselves? There's only five of them. Yeah, <laughs> like, half Lord. half of them. And, yeah it's yeah it's it's pretty um it's pretty amazing and i think my mum is secretly glad that she's got some bedrooms back
0: oh i bet Um, i bet
1: (laughs) yeah um not that we really like the space has just been filled by another child
0: really right (laughs) um
1: yeah no no no. the 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 new eldest in the house is just like yep i'm gonna have my own room thank own room thank you very much like yeah awesome um but yeah well Thank you so much, Henry, for coming on Content and Capable. I really, really appreciate it.
0: Oh, not a problem. I've really enjoyed it. It's been great talking to you. Yeah.
1: Where can people find you on the internet?
0: Uh so on TikTok, uh my at is Henry Calvert. Uh that is C-A-L-V-E-R-T. Um and on Instagram, Henry Dot Calvert. Uh and yeah, that, those are the two places where I post. Um lots of geeky stuff and things on that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, it's, it's a great time, and I highly recommend you go follow it. Um, it's some of the, the most passionate content I've ever seen on the internet. So, uh, well, really, yeah, Um uh And has there been anything that you've been reading, playing, listening to um, that you want to plug?
0: Um, what would I recommend at the minute? As a big musical theatre fan, uh, I would highly recommend Giles Torreira's Hamilton and Me. Um, if you are a big musical theatre fan, it is the West End Burr from Hamilton. It's his journal about um, how he got the role, uh, the rehearsal process of Hamilton, and all of that. And for aspiring actors um, and performers, I think it's a brilliant read. I got a lot out of it.
1: Wow, it's amazing. Um, yeah, that that's fascinating. I, I always love hearing from you know someone who's picked up the role as well after someone you know, obviously you know. Who you know the the original Hamilton cast who have been immortalized now on Disney Plus, yeah. It's like wow, well, you know we know who they are, but like the other people have had to fill those huge shoes. It's oh, quite, definitely quite it's, Yeah,
0: yeah, it's really good getting his perspective on it, and again as a aspiring actor's kind of you know handbook. It's great, so highly recommend that.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating. And, like, we've just had the Australian tour. I think it's wrapping up in Melbourne and it's heading back to Sydney for a run real quick, and then it's it's over. And I actually can go and see if I can go see that now.
0: Oh, yeah, um, do.
1: Before it goes, yeah. Um, there's a lot of good musicals hanging around in Australia at the moment. It's fascinating. You know, it's, um, Six just has come through. It's doing, like, a weirdly regional tour they have oh, decided right. to do a regional tour of, like, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert as well, as going out to these, like, really small community theatres. It's fascinating. Oh, what age? Um, yeah, and I've got some friends in the music industry who are like, yeah, I'm just going to go and play in Priscilla up in, like, Caloundra, which is, the, like, I, I, like you probably wouldn't have heard of it. Like, no. it's, it's not somewhere that people go, oh, yeah, we're going to send you, you know, a tour over there. No. Um,
0: yeah.
1: But yeah, um y- you can find me on the internet at sam.verd.journalist uh on Instagram and TikTok, on Twitter I'm samobjournalist. Uh um, if you follow me on Twitter it's just a lot of news content and it's really just going to be about the Australian election for the next 2 months and I apologize for that in advance. Um but um but yeah, um I'm going to plug uh today and now I've all traces of content uh yes, I'm going to plug this one actually. Um I'm going to plug John Mulaney's um, comedy special, uh, Live at Radio City. Um, it's on Netflix here in Australia. Um, I'm sure it's on some streaming service somewhere. Um, it was a really great, fun one to to rewatch. It's got a lot of the the quite memeable moments of John Mulaney. Um, you know, the whole "I was over on the bench" uh, and um, there's a couple of other really, really good gags in there that like just a, a lot of fun to to watch again. Um, it's a good rewatch. Um, but yeah, uh, well, thank you so much, uh, for coming on Henry. Um, I really, really appreciate it. It's been really inspiring to talk to you and I cannot wait to see what you do in the future.
0: Oh, thanks man. Thank you. It means a lot. Yes. Thanks for having me. Awesome.
1: Thank you for listening to content and capable. You can follow the podcast socials at content, the letter N capable on Instagram and Twitter. You can send a super boring email to us through contentandcapablepod at gmail.com. The art was done by Opia. You can follow them on opia underscore art on Instagram. Opia is spelled O-P-I-A. Feel free to message them about making art for your project. Our music was written, recorded and edited by Nora Strauss You can find Nora at Kane underscore I, that's I as in the body part, on Instagram and Twitter. Feel free to message her about making music for your project or editing your podcast. I'm proud to be a part of the Movie Night Crew Network, which features the restricted section, a chapter-by-chapter Harry Potter pod with lots of spoilers all the time. The Movie Night Crew joins some friends as they react to some terrible, some meh, and some really great movies. Fandoms Gone Wrong, a show that discusses all things fandoms, Of the Eldest Gods, a chapter-by-chapter Rick Riordan pod full of myths and legends, and My Cabbages, an Avatar podcast that follows the true hero of Avatar The Last Airbender, the Cabbage Cart Guy. Coffee. Tea. Honour. Cabbage. Long ago, the four elements lived in harmony. Then, shit went totally cray when the Avatar attacked. Only the Cabbage Man, merchant to fine cruciferous vegetables, could stand against his trolling. But when the world needed some dank veg, he vanished. Ten years have passed, and my partner and I have started a new podcast. My cabbages! An Avatar podcast. A weekly show about Avatar The Last Airbender. Whether it's Sokka's new line of cologne... Hey, look at you, sitting there, on a seal. Well, now look back at me. I'm on on an even bigger seal. Now look away. D&D-related antics... You have to make an acrobatics check for that. And Aang just like unzips his pants and whips out his D20s. <laughs> He's just like, I got this. A randomly breaking into song. <laughs> it's like a girl waterfall. We'll stumble our way through the greatest show ever made, one episode at a time. You can reach us at Cabbage
0: Cast, which is our Twitter, or subscribe wherever you catch pod. Rotten uh,
1: cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? Content and Capable is a podcast all about answering the question, how do you adult? Don't forget to rate and review it on your favorite podcatcher, and I will see you next Monday for another episode.
0: That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.